Thank you for listening to this sermon from Goodwill Church, located in New York's Hudson Valley. Goodwill Church is on a mission to be a hub of revival in the Northeast and beyond. For more information about our church, please visit goodwillchurch.org. Now, here's the sermon. Just getting through life. There was a heaviness that I couldn't shake. And, and it didn't matter how much sleep I received. It didn't matter if I exercised. I couldn't shake it, right? And, and when I reflect back on that previous year, I think I had performed approximately 26 funerals that year. And, and I remember during that time, because of all the funerals that I was involved in, it was almost as if a part of me was looking at them a little bit too casual. And because a lot of the individuals that had passed away, um, they believed in God and Right, and but, but then as I started to focus, right, that one of those individuals was a good friend of mine, Seth Hansen, that had passed away. And then a little later on, Libby Foreman passed away. Right, and, and these are people that I was in deep relationship with. Right, and and and, and I think. The only word that I can describe in reference to what that feeling was, it, it wasn't burnout, right? but it was malaise. Just, just this spiritual dullness. And, and it didn't matter, again, whether I went on vacation because it's, I normally take about a week off on vacation and usually when you take a week there's is always Wednesday morning that you feel okay I'm on vacation and then by Wednesday night you're preparing to go back to work right so you only get to enjoy a few hours of rest so there was nothing that I was able to do that was helping me to get out of this malaise. And, and, and when I found myself in this situation, what happens is old thinking starts to creep back into my mind. And, and I found myself saying, you know what, it's, I have to expose myself to the roots of where my journey with God started, right? And, and I remember it, I, I went and found an NA meeting. And, and for those of you who don't know it, I am a recovering alcoholic and drug addict, and, but my identity today is in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And, but I found myself having just wanting to go to a meeting to be reminded of what life 
used to be like 34 years ago. And all of a sudden, hearing that kind of lifted me out of this malaise. Right? Now, there are some definitions to malaise, right? And, and some is, you know, a feeling of discomfort, illness, uneasiness. But again, it's hard to identify. This could be medical, right, where you might not have the best diet. Did you either eat too much and all of a sudden you felt that heaviness, right? Or, or maybe you ate too many of those jelly beans one afternoon and you just feel as if you're just dragging or you're withdrawing from caffeine. Or there's a sense of this social malaise, right? Um, where we just feel disconnected. But even looking at this list, right, it's almost as if the list itself communicates, okay, Jose, you got to try harder or you have to learn something. And the thing is, is that there was nothing I was going to do of myself that was going to get me out of this malaise. Apart from hearing a testimony of a young man who was just in the rooms of N.A. for an hour. And he was just so grateful to be there. And all of a sudden, it's like, like God just showed me, ah, there it is. There's the answer. And the thing with being or feeling this malaise is, right, it's, it also comes with a level of being a cynic, you know, you're skeptical of everything, right? You, you don't trust some of the things that can help you, that can pull you out of the muck and mire. You know, you question everything. You know, it, it's, you know you need an answer, but then you go, yeah, that's not going to work. And this malaise is the same thing that the churches in Galatia were experiencing, right, as Paul is responding to them, right? So some of the background is that after Paul planted these churches, a group of individuals called Judaizers came in. And Judaizers are those who believed in the work of Jesus Christ in addition to all of the traditions of the Old Testament. Right? So they, they added, it was the gospel plus this other stuff. And here's something about Judaizers, right? It's traditionally, you never see them starting something new. However, they make their way into established churches and then create chaos. And that's what Paul was addressing here. This chaos. And in, and in the midst of 
Paul correcting them, he then gives his own testimony right, of who he was, what was his background. And, and again, and as I hear these words, these words have a way of just picking me up out of whatever malaise I am experiencing even at times today. Right, because this morning I got up and I saw the weather. I said, oh, it's not even sunny. Look, it's icy out. We got a congregational meeting later. I want to be home. Right? And, but then I go home and I don't want to be home. Right? But then as, as I start reading from this letter of Galatians, it's, it encourages me. It picks me up, right? And my hope is that it would pick you up too. Now, remember last week we talked about the easy life, right? The things that we identify as easy and hard, and they're really in one category, knowing that in truth, Jesus did the hard part, and because Jesus did the hard part, we have the opportunity to give him our hard parts today. And then to celebrate what is easy. Right? So, you have heard of my former life in Judaism how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. Right, so when you stop and think of Paul, Paul grew up in Tarsus, right? And Tarsus was a Roman city of Greek background, right? So he was exposed to those elements. But he was a Jew, but because he was born in that region, he was also a Roman citizen. And he knew the culture. And after a certain age, he went to Jerusalem and sat under the teaching of Gamaliel. And there, he would learn the traditions of his father. Right? And, and here's what you need to know, right? It's like, not only do you have the written moral law, the Ten Commandments, right? but you also had the oral traditions, And the oral traditions are those items that are lifted almost as equal as Scripture. Right? So he had committed those, along with big portions of Scripture, into memory. And he was committed to Judaism. Right? Just hear the words how I persecuted the church of God violently. And, and in other words, he went after it. 
Remember, he's the one that stood watching over Stephen get stoned. Right? And, 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 it, and in the scriptures, you don't even see him budging. It's almost like, hmm. Let me ask you, have you ever been that committed? And in other words, you are committed because you believe what you're doing is so right that you are willing to steamroll anybody who gets in your way because of how right you believe you are. Right, so this is what he's telling the leaders in Galatia. Right, so something just went off there. Let's see. Right, so I'm going to read it. So I guess I didn't read this part earlier, right? For I would know you, brothers, that the gospel that I preach by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but received it through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Right, so the gospel that he delivered to Galatia is not something that he received from men. Everything that he had learned up to that point was received from men. But this gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, this good news came from God himself. Not from any other Individual. In other words, he's not saying that the other apostles came to me and gave me this message. I received it from God Himself through revelation. Right? And we went over this one. But when He who set me apart before I was born and who called me, by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone. Right, so let me ask this question. When you came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and you have your own testimony, right? some of you, because I've heard some of your testimonies, it's on January of the 23rd at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on 19-whatever, I became a believer. And that's great. And then for some of you, you grew up in a Christian home and God protected you from any harm and you have a testimony that is, you know what, I can't think of a time when... I didn't know God, right? And that's a blessing beyond comprehension. But when you look at those two testimonies, and when you read God's word, 
right? But when he who has set me apart before I was born, that means that God had already had you in mind in order to do a work in you. Before, before you were born, before you were born into the family that you've been born into. In other words, you've been, as some would call, elected, appointed. You have been set apart for work for God. Right? So here you are living your life, and all of a sudden, you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Scripture tells us that even before any of that work happened, God already knew. <laughs> right. And He called you by His grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. In other words, when he got interrupted on the road of Damascus, according to Acts 9, and he was knocked off his horse, Saul, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And he would respond in reference to Lord. Right? And in other words, he knew who was talking to him. Paul had a letter from the church leaders, and it was to go up to Damascus and from Damascus all the way back to Jerusalem, eliminate anyone who was a Christian to go after them. He had their permission. But then when he received this, right, this message, he didn't go to the apostles. He didn't say, well, let me go back and check with Peter and James and just to see um, what all of this is about. Remember, because when he left, he was going to persecute them. And just so that we know, right, so sometimes in Scripture, right, so in, in Acts, his name is Saul, and it's not because he was converted that his name then became Paul, right? Saul is, the, in other words, the translation is Paul, right? From one um, language to the other, right? So it's the same thing. But a lot of times people make the assumption that because of his transformation, he got a different name, and that's not true. Right? Because it's the same. It's almost as if I was to say to you, my name is Jose. And then some of you would say to me, oh, your name is Joseph. If that works for you. Right? 
<laughs> right? But, but it's the same thing, okay? Yeah, I think we're going to need some new batteries here because this isn't working, right? Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Caiaphas and Cephas and return and remain with him for 15 days. Right, so you're seeing Paul traveling through the area. Right, he, at first when he encountered God in, in Damascus, he, he didn't immediately go to Jerusalem. He didn't consult the other apostles. However, he went away to this desert region in Arabia. And then he returned to Damascus. And then after three years, he went up to Jerusalem. He visited with Peter. That's his name. And he remained with him for 15 years. And then after those 15 days, I mean, but I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother, and what I'm writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the region of Syria and Sicilia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. Right, so after spending three years, 15 days, right, he went to Syria and actually he went back home to Tarsus, right, that's the region. And many would say that he was there for about seven years. So three years, 15 days, that's 10 years. 10 years preparing himself to bring God's word. Sometimes we're reading the book of Acts and we think that after the conversion, the next morning he's preaching God's word. Right? And we need to see that there is a break, right, in how individuals progress. And we see this throughout scripture, right? Moses spent 40 years in the desert. We see um, Jesus spending 40 days in the wilderness, right? And, and again, most would say that Paul, the average of time that he spent away prior to engaging in God's word is anywhere between 10 to 15 years. Where all of a sudden, everything he had learned up to that moment in time was being filtered through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, thank you. But up to this point, none of the churches near Jerusalem knew who he was because when he left, he left 
persecuting the church. Right, so there's a part in my story 34 years ago, right, where, where I, I remember I wanted so badly to stop abusing substances. But I didn't know what that meant. And because in my mind, I had a problem with a certain substance, which meant I guess I can drink and use all the other ones, right? Because I don't have a problem with those things, right? And then little by little, somebody got my ear and said, well, Jose, if you struggle with one, you struggle with all of them. It's like, oh, really? I didn't have a problem with them, right? And, right? and, and little by little, I needed to learn right, what was life going to be like not living, using one day at a time. But here's the thing, right? If somebody... 34 years ago said that that decision of not using would lead you one day to be a pastor of Goodwill Church. <laughs> really? <laughs> right? And, and as much as I would have laughed, my family would have laughed at you. Because it was just far beyond their imagination, my imagination. Right? So when I hear a story like this of a transformation of a guy who was zealous, because let me tell you, I was zealous for my drug of choice. Right? I would do whatever I needed to do in order to get it. And if you stood in my way, I would run right over you. And it didn't matter who you were, friend or family. Because that's how committed I was. Right? So when I hear these words, and all of a sudden I come to that place that even before that God chose me, right? because now it's the scripture that has to be an application. right? It has to make sense for us today. Right? So if you sit here as a believer in Jesus Christ, know one thing, that before time began, God, according to Scripture, has chosen you. And maybe there's a certain work He has for you. And maybe you haven't discovered that yet. Or maybe you're uncovering it now. But Paul didn't go to get it validated. He didn't go to find, I got to find that Peter guy and, right, and, and, and figure this out. Right? Because Peter would have not have spoken to him because he still had a letter to execute the church. Can you go forward? The only we're hearing it said, 
he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorify God because of me. Right? And there are times where I meet people from my past life. Right? And, and they say, Jose, so what are you doing now? Right? And, well, I'm a pastor. Right? And, and again, and, and the sarcasm and the snarkiness comes out, and they go, well, what kind of church would hire you? Right? And, and, and I have to kind of explain the whole thing, and, and I have to remind them, well, it's been 34 years since I last saw you. Right? And, right? and, and all of a sudden, in hearing, it's, they find it intriguing. Right? Because they remember, just like I remember the life I used to live. Right? For some of you, it's the life you lived. But like I said earlier, for some of us, we've been protected right from the beginning by God's grace. And we haven't been exposed to the world. And, and sadly, some of us hear those kind of testimonies and, and we feel as if our testimony of being protected by God himself isn't good enough that we have to go out and create a better testimony. And I'm going to say, stop. Right? Just stop. The reality that God, before you were born, already had you in his sights is a blessing. Right? So when... I think of my life 34 years ago where I found myself brought to my knees crying out to God. From the point of view of what this message is about, whether it's easy or hard, that's the easy part because Jesus did the hard part. Right? It's because I could take my whole story and say, Lord is yours. Because here's the thing, right? It's, there was a time in my life where I was so ashamed of that life I lived that I would have never uttered a word. But because he saved me and redeemed me and pulled me out of the muck and mire, I no longer have a right to my own story. It's his story because he purchased it. And just like he purchased my story, he purchased each and every one of your stories. Right? And that brings us to this part of a testimony. Forward that, Norm. You know, some, sometimes we are skeptics, we're cynics, and, and we question, right? It's, you know, and it's just like Paul, when he met them, they didn't trust. He's the one that persecuted the church, right? But today we have those same 
similar stories. I'll give you for instance, not to say that we would trust them, but if David Berkowitz came through that door, right, and gave his testimony, right, and for those of you who know his story, he um, went and killed some individuals many years ago, and while in prison, he has become a believer in Jesus Christ, and many question, I don't know if he is, right, it's, but those are the kind of stories God goes after and redeems. We're all, right? And, and then we sit in judgment and go, well, I don't know if he should have that. Right? Because it seems so unfair. I would say the same thing in reference to my own life. Right? Because when I was active, you would have called the police on me. Right? Because that's what that lifestyle brings. I'll end with this story, right? So um, one of the things, and, and again, and it just continues to go beyond my expectations. Four years ago, um, a member from our presbytery came to me and asked me, Jose, do you think you would be willing to be the moderator of our presbytery? Right? And, and I said, well, when is it? He goes, well, it won't be for four years, right? Well, it just so happened that this past yesterday, right, I started as the moderator of our presbytery. Amen. Right? <clears throat> and... Right? Now you gotta, here's what's running through my head. God, what are you doing? <laughs> really? Right? And, and, but again, it's like, okay, I'm going to be faithful. Right? And, 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 and I'm sitting there presiding over the presbytery of the East. Right? And, and, and let me tell you, it's, it, it was nerve-wracking and at the same time exciting but really, it was more God receiving all the glory and credit, right? And, and then we're hearing through each and every one of the different committees, right? And, and then we invite up, right, some missionaries, Rob and his wife, Iris Antonucci, right? And, and they are not related to Michael Antonucci, just in case, right? Um, so, so they tell the story, Right, how they left Afghanistan in 2000. They spent about 15 years there in the country getting to know the people, right, just before 9-11. Right? And from that time, they still, they've been here in country and they've been connected still with the individuals over in Afghanistan, even though the Taliban are now in place. Right? And Yesterday, during our presbytery meeting, they produced a New Testament in the Afghani language right, that they are receiving there, right, and people are being converted there, right, and they are coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and to that you should say, Amen. Amen. Right? right? And I sat there as the moderator of the presbytery hearing that testimony. 
right? And then I sit and wonder how many more testimonies of people coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ are going to be saved because somebody made the effort to take God's word and translate it into a language that they are going to receive, right? And and here's the thing, right? The reason why we pray for our missionaries is because we, Goodwill Church, are part of that work because we support them, right? In the mission movement of our presbytery, right? And that's just one of many others doing God's work, right? And as much as we're called to do God's work out there, we're also called to do God's work here, right? In the West End of Port Jervis to bring people in so that you and I can be instruments to hear those testimonies. And that when you find yourself in spiritual malaise, all of a sudden it'll pick you up. Right? Because when you feel that heaviness, there's nothing you're going to do that's going to pick you up other than the Word of God. Because at the end of the day, it is about Jesus. It is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is about God who took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, who eventually would suffer and die, nailed to a Roman cross. He would conquer sin and death. He would walk on this earth for 40 days before he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And it's there that he will one day come again. And until he does, may we all be found telling of the good news. Don't let the spiritual malaise weigh you down so much that you lose hope. But allow him to lift you up because what he has for us is for today. It's not something for later. And it isn't something that you have to try harder or something that you need to learn. It is just listening and allowing the gospel to do what the gospel does. Every testimony, regardless of what you've gone through in life, good or bad, all of it is about Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we are eternally grateful for our Lord and Savior. Because it is He who transforms lives. He's the one who encourages us. He's the one that pulls us out of the muck and mire. He's the one that leads and guides. He's the one who did the hard thing for each and every one of us who put our faith and trust in His work. So Lord, 
Help us now as we continue to worship you, our God. We pray all of this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, would you rise as we worship our God. Thank you again for listening to today's sermon. For more resources and information about Goodwill Church, visit goodwillchurch.org. God bless.